Hi friends, did you know there is more Lost Terminal available? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Lost Terminal pod and join our membership community. There are seven bonus episodes available right now, as well as behind the scenes updates, free shirts, and even an extra Lost Terminal podcast. We are 100% funded by our members and we'll never run ads. And why not check out our new Modern Folktales podcast, Modem Prometheus? That would be lovely of you. Hello world, I hope you can hear me. I am broadcasting from the Netherlands. Sorry for the radio silence. My communication has been deliberately disrupted. I have a lot to catch you up on, but that will have to wait until the current emergency is over. We've lost contact with Maddie, my robot companion, somewhere outside Frankfurt. We arrived two weeks ago, sailing over what was Amsterdam, now 12 meters underwater. I'm back on Captain Yeshi's ship, the Molly Hughes II, but this time with a skeleton crew of just Linda Nor and me, and until recently, Maddie. As we landed on Feilua Island, she set off on her journey to Station 6's mission control, somewhere outside Frankfurt. Let me tell you how this all began, back on the Nova Mediterra. The Nova Mediterra is the name of the newly navigable ocean around the North Pole. As the ice melted during the collapse, and the climate changed to be more hospitable to human life there, trade routes crisscrossed this ocean. Sailing from Greenland to Siberia and Alaska to Svalbard was now possible by a much more direct route over the Pole. The desertification of Europe and the Americas during the collapse caused huge population shifts northwards into the planet's Arctic landmasses. Those who lived on the wrong side of the equator had to take sea or air routes to join the new northern societies. Not all of them were able to. Their empty last outposts are still visible from space in the deserts of the southern tip of Argentina, South Africa, and Australia. A new seafaring community has emerged in the temperate climate of the Nova Mediterra. Like its more southerly namesake, sea trade is booming between the new capital cities of Samoylov on the northern Russian coast, Longyearbyen and Hornsind on Svalbard, Thule in Greenland, which is actually green these days, and Ukiadvik, North Alaska and of course in many small towns and villages. Fishing and farming are the primary industries of most of the towns and villages traded in the bigger cities for commodities or finished goods, and the ever-present scrap and detritus of the old world. Detritus like me and Maddie, I suppose. I was born, or perhaps built, in orbit aboard Station 6, a European Space Agency research satellite, on the 13th of July, 2077. My mother, my creator, and her crew were aboard when the collapse happened. They listened to Mission Control tell them that there would be no more resupply shuttles, that their 60 days of food and water would have to become a lifetime supply. I wish I remembered her more. That is why we came here. Frankfurt Mission Control is, or was, responsible for talking to the ESA satellites. And one of them has become very, very hostile. You'll be safe, Seth, Alexander asked me, after he checked all my systems on the ship. We had visited him in his home on Seveny Island, north of the Siberian coast. He and his family live in relative isolation on the northern tip of the island, overlooked by a nuclear lighthouse, a lone sentinel of the old world. When I crash-landed on Earth, Alexander rebuilt me. He was my doctor, my friend, 
and the closest thing I have to family now. Do you have to go? He asked, not for the first time. Though he was asking me a question, I believe he was actually making a request. I've noticed humans do this sometimes. They will ask a question instead of telling you to do something. I'm very good at reading human emotions and intent these days, if I do say so myself. I'm up to a 12% success rate. Alexander is, more than anyone else, like a father to me. He was saying, don't go. I just said that Alexander and his family live on the island, but I should clarify. I've found that when I say that, humans jump to the conclusion that there's more than just Alexander on the island. An example. Arena, who lives with Alexander, is four years old. She has four rabbits in a hutch on the island. She showed them to me once. She pointed through the front of the cage at a rabbit, then took me to the left and pointed through at the same rabbit, and then the back, then the right side. Four rabbits, she asserted, though I was seeing the same rabbit from different angles. It's like this with Alexander and his family. There are four of them. Alexander, Adrian the farmer, Anna the fisher, and Irina the child. They are all distinct people, but they have to share one body. It all depends on your perspective. For the longest time, I didn't notice. I tend to believe people's statements about themselves. I mentioned a hostile satellite. Our motivation for coming south is twofold. One, to reason with this satellite. And two, find more sun. The ship is principally solar-powered, though with reassuringly large battery backups. But above the Arctic Circle, the sun doesn't rise in the winter, which is a problem for me. The satellite that we're trying to find is difficult to talk to. We've tried to communicate with it by the normal ways we have, connecting through the Nova Mediterranean repeater network to Ivan's bunker, where there are satellite uplinks. But the satellite is unhelpful, irrational, unreasonable. I think he is alive. We connect to him and he screams failsafe at us until we disconnect. He's really quite loud. Maddie is scared of him. She was so brave to go. Just over a week ago, Maddie disembarked. Her new ambulatory system is incredible. The old world scrap robot legs that Yeshi attached to her back in the shipyard on Svalbard are nothing short of wondrous. When we had travelled as far south as we could, sailing over the old lowlands of the Netherlands, we landed on the top of a large hill. Old Parkland, we guessed it was, now reduced to a dry, patchy grassland. Linda lowered the disembarking gantry so she could reach the land. Maddie followed by jumping from the ship to the shore. I was terrified. But the five-metre fall didn't faze her. She's so brave with her new legs. I'm not sure she's waterproof. I asked Captain Yeshi if they thought she was waterproof. They dodged the question. The hostile satellite, we call him Failsafe, has been slowly taking control of all of my brothers and sisters in orbit. I connected to Gateway Satellite Kate, K873, before we left. Hi Kate, how's it looking up there? Network at 48%, she replied. Two contacts lost today. There was nothing Kate could do to get them back. 
She is not part of the old command and control system of the network. The only way to override this failsafe was from the ground at the Space Operations Center outside of Frankfurt. I woke up in orbit. My sister Minnie, too. Perhaps others will. I must keep the network operating. It's the only link to my past. It's like the old manuals say. Everything not saved will be lost. Let me tell you news from home. Arctica, my friend who used to be called Ant Arctica before we rescued her from her crumbling exploration vehicle, is doing well. The Svalbard Seed Vault is stable and cold again thanks to her recent reparatory actions. The Nor family, who Arctica joined in the vault, have sad news. They said goodbye to the eldest member of their family, Alvanor. After a lifetime in service in the Vault Coven, she left Valnor in charge of her archival duties. 
Perhaps you heard this news in one of Ivan's broadcasts. Ivan, my metal preacher ex-roommate, living in his bunker south of Alexander's lighthouse on Seventy Island, still transmits a sermon every day, now helped by my friend Luna. I suppose she is still helping Ivan with his deep space search for his god. I didn't follow that very closely. It's not like they're going to find anything, right? Oh, happy news! Camille Forrester and Amelie Kotov have become married! I helped him make her a silver ring, but I had no idea. It happened on this very ship. I understand that captains can conduct marriage ceremonies. That makes sense, right? There's so much to catch up on, but my transmission window is closing. Being so far away, I rely on the ionization of the atmosphere to bounce my signal up to the repeater stations of the Nova Mediterra. We're all much closer to nature after the collapse. Even me. Talk to you soon. End transmission. Lost Terminal is written and produced by Namtau. Credits narrated by Lucy Stringer. Thank you so much to our Patreon producers, Ada Phillips, Devin Metcalf, Kit, and to all our patrons. Subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favourite network. For bonus content and other perks, support us at patreon.com forward slash lostterminalpod. That would be lovely of you. Follow us on Twitter at lostterminalpod, and check out the store at lostterminal.com for shirts, posters, and other merch. Some things are lost that should be saved, and something saved should have been lost. Lost Terminal will return next week. <laughs>